0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Uniform Catholic. This is going to be episode 28, where we are now in the uh, third Sunday of Ordinary Time. And we're going to do the readings for Sunday of Ordinary Time, the third Sunday. So before we begin, please subscribe and share. If you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, it'll be a great help. So let's begin with the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri alisyon. Kiri alisyon. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people goodwill. good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father. You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay, so welcome to the third Sunday of Ordinary Time. The first reading is going to be from the book of the prophet Jonah. The Ninevites turned from their evil ways. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, 5 to 10. A reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Set out for the great city of Nineveh, and announce to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh. And according to the Lord's bidding, now Nineveh was an enormously large city. It took three days to go through. Jonah began his journey through the city and had gone but a single day's walk, announcing, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and all of them great and small put on sackcloth. When God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil ways, he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. Okay, one more time. Oh, the word of the Lord Okay, came to Jonah. A reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, "'Set out for the great city of Nineveh "'and announce to it the message that I will tell you.' "'So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh "'according to the Lord's bidding. "'Now Nineveh was an enormously large city. "'It took three days to go through. "'Jonah began his journey through the city "'and had gone but a single day's walk "'announcing, Forty days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed.' When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil ways, he repented of the evil that he had uh, threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. All right, that's... So what do we got here? Suddenly, for some reason, you got this prophet, a Jewish prophet. And what's interesting is what at what stage did he come? Hold on, because I think it's important to understand what was going on at this time. Hold on. I have here, uh, oh, it's a map from the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? Catholic, uh, a great adventure Bible. It's very helpful <laughs> because it gives you an idea of salvation history. Okay, let's look. All right, hold on. Ah, all right. This uh, Jonah is is to Assyria, as well as the prophet noah Jonah comes at the end of, nearly the end of the uh, the Jewish kings, second kings, all right? Uh, when things were really falling apart and it was getting close to, uh, because you have here in second kings, the prophets to Judah okay the prophets to Israel to the north is hosea and amos to Judah the prophets that were sent during the, the last the last days of the of of the kings of Israel was habakkuk isaiah jeremiah on the, on that time was also lamentations written by uh uh jeremiah and also the uh, Joel, the prophet Joel, Micah, and Zephaniah. Also, uh, so you have to, to Assyria, two minor prophets, Jonah and Noam. And then due to the prophet sent to, uh, to the people of Edom was Abadiah. Then came the 70-year exile. Under the 70 year exile was two prophets, Ezekiel, Daniel, and then there's a prophet called Baruch. Baruch was really uh, Jeremiah's secretary. So you could definitely put him under, uh, uh, because he wrote a letter to the, to the people of exile. So uh, this time, it, 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 the stages of, of uh, revelation was changing God's attitude. He's sending a prophet to a non-Jewish people to Nineveh. And the people of Nineveh, what happened under the Assyrians, came and took the northern part of Israel, some of the tribes, under captivity. Later on, Babylon will come and conquer the Assyrians, and then the people of Israel, all the tribes, will be under the Babylonians. Uh, But what's interesting is that there must have been at least some kind of interaction, because how did the people of Nineveh converted they've obviously had jewish people living with them for such a long time that the jewish that the jewish faith and the jewish customs and the jewish attitudes had spread had kind of like passed down to the ninevites the fact that a man comes along here's a i mean first of all he wanted to run away he wanted to go to the greek islands and he got on a boat to escape with these men, these pagans, to run off to the Greeks, so he wouldn't have to preach to the Ninevites. A storm broke out. The men thought that they were going to die. He told them, "No, it's me. You got to get rid of me. You got to throw me overboard." I, I angered my God. They threw him overboard, and a whale, a big giant whale, comes along and swallows the guy. It's possible that has happened, uh, according to some eyewitnesses, where men were swallowed and. Uh, they actually have lived uh it's possible uh i know it sounds ridiculous but it's it has been historical accounts that this has happened and he brings jonah back drops him off right on the shores of nineveh uh i think they're close to yeah they're around the syrian north um they're kind of like, I guess, close to the Phoenicians almost. And then suddenly, uh, a city that takes three days, he preached in one day. He preached and the people converted. They would now, like I said, there had to be Jewish captives for the last couple of years. And the Jewish customs and beliefs has obviously spread to the Ninevites. The the, the belief of the people, the children of Israel, had somehow changed their hearts. How else would they they have believed? But this angered Jonah. It angered Jonah because he wanted these people destroyed. But God was, it doesn't tell you, but God says, I you know you know I could you know do whatever I want. I can I can show mercy even to non-Jews. You know the Jewish people wanted to put a limit on God's mercy. They were treating Him like a pagan god, which was the pride of their own hearts. Paganism is the is the selfishness and pettiness and pride and, of the human heart. The perversion. Of God's mercy. And that's just as bad. The fact that they wanted to hold the word of God back from a people is bad. It's bad. They too are made in the image of likeness of God. But think about it, they converted Where how many, how how long, you know, all those years, all those prophets being sent to Israel and they didn't convert. It's kind of like weird, really, when you think about it, it's truly very selfish. All right, let's go to the next, uh, to the uh, Responsorial Psalms. Okay. All right. Responsorial Psalm is Psalm 25. Teach me your ways, O Lord teach me your ways, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me, teach me your paths, guide me in your truth, and teach me, for you are God, my Savior. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way, he guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Okay. And now the uh, next reading will be from uh, Corinthians. Okay. The second reading is from First Corinthians chapter seven verse twenty nine to thirty one the world in its present form is passing away a reading from the first letter of st paul to the corinthians i tell you brothers the time is coming the time the time is running out from now on let those having wives act as not having them those weeping as though as not weeping those rejoicing as not rejoicing those buying as not owning and those using the world as not using it fully for the world in its present form is passing away one more time a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians I tell you brethren the time is running out from now on uh, from now on let those having wives act as not having them those weeping as not weeping those rejoicing as not rejoicing, those buying as not owning, those using the world as not using it fully, for the world in its present form is passing away. All right, this is, we um, it's very small reading, but it's uh, it's something that it could be tricky. So we have to really, um, uh, really get into it. So let's read it one more time all right 1 corinthians chapter 7 verse 29 to 31 the world in its present form is passing away a reading from the first letter of st paul to the corinthians i tell you brethren the time is running out time is running out from now on let those having wives act as not having them those weeping as not weeping Those rejoicing as not rejoicing. Those buying as not owning. Those using the world as not using it fully. For the world in its present form is passing away. Okay, so Paul is saying the time is running out. Is it running out for the world? Is it running out for us? I mean, surely we're mortal every single second, every nanosecond every hour every day every month every year time is running out for us and we don't know each one of us we don't know when the sands of time will run out but also for the world yes for political situations time is running out for uh kings presidents time is time is running out for politicians all kinds of rulers time is running out for the good and bad time is running out alright for saints and sinners for pure people and even perverted people time is running out all of us we can't run we can't outrun time and we can't get back time All right, we can't. I mean, some people, they can gain back their wealth. Some people can gain back their reputation. Some people can gain back uh, what they financially lost, right? A person is possible for some people to gain back good health. Uh, For some people, it's possible to gain back happiness. uh, To gain back love, maybe. Maybe. You know, if it's possible. But time time is something we cannot outrun. Time is impossible to outrun because time always wins. We're all getting old. We're all gonna lose loved ones. We're all gonna lose friends who're gonna pass away. Disease, war, famine, disaster. It's gonna it's gonna happen. But sooner or later, we're going to look back and we're going to see that everything has passed away. Our youth, family. We're going to lose everything. And that's something that is important here. But even for the world, different stages. I mean, you know, the temple will be destroyed. The Jewish people will lose everything. Even for the Rome Rome is, Rome will, will, will pass away. Sooner or later, it will suffer war, civil war, disaster, invasion from outside uh, foreign armies, and it, it will lose its glory. Everything is passing by, and St. Paul is right about it. But that's why now is the time of repentance. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time to get right with God. And to get right with God, means we have to be prepared for these disasters to come. These calamities, and we have to be prepared that sooner or later, we will have to make an account of our lives. Once we leave this life, once we die. We are never going to get a second chance. We're never going to come back. Only a miracle by God. But once we die, that's it. It's over. Once we breathe our last breath, once we the light goes out from our eyes, that's it. It's over. Okay, the coronavirus is proving that our culture is fragile the political calamities, the political calamities we're going through right now is proving that something is wrong. Okay? Everybody's talking about they're shocked by the events that are happening. But these events is because our sins, just like Nineveh had sins, Nineveh itself was warned. So we, have to realize that our sins, the sins of our culture, the sins of our civilization has finally caught up with us. And we're not in a, and, and this, and we're such a secular society. We're not repenting. I don't think it's, you know, it's, it's possible for the secular society to repent for Christians. For moral Christians, for, for, for evangelicals, for born again Christians, for Roman, God fearing Roman Catholics, Orthodox Christians, even for Jews, it's possible. But with a radical, secular, a secular culture, a culture like ours, That is so radically secular. Is it possible? I don't think so. We push God out. There's no room for God in a secular culture. We're so open-minded like G.K. Chesterton said that our minds had fallen out. We're so loose that our common sense has, has been lost. There's no possibility. We're so tolerant that we don't even know what's good or bad anymore. We've, we, everything has been watered down. It's been eroded. The moral line is gone. The moral, sh- uh, the shoreline where, the, where, where we can see right and from wrong is gone from us. It's not even possible. So, you know, I would honestly uh, say that there's there's a lot Saint Paul is saying here. You know, it's just, I think I think for 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 this culture, I think either we completely radically change, or we get ready for a radical change. But I don't think it's possible. I'm not saying. There's no hope, but I'm saying for the secularized America, there is no hope. There is no hope. But for God-fearing America, the God-fearing American, okay, there is hope. But not for secular America, not for very liberal America, there is no hope. Because it's gone beyond it. We have a president who is radically defiance against his Roman Catholic. We have bishops in defiance of the church. They, their religion is not Catholicism. Their religion is secularism. We got priests like James Martin who has rejects the Catholic teaching. There is no hope for secular America. There's hope for God fearing America, but not for secular America. There is no hope. Because it's it's completely gone so far. We can't save it. It's impossible to save. All right, let's go to the gospel. Okay, alleluia, alleluia. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia k repent and believe in the gospel saint mark chapter 1 verse 14 to 20 a reading from the holy gospel according to saint mark after john had been arrested jesus came to galilee proclaiming the gospel of god this is the time of fulfillment the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel as he passed by the sea of galilee he saw simon and his brother, Andrew, casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little further and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets, then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat along with hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the Gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little further and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They, too, were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them, so they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat along with the hired hired men and followed him. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, "'Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men.'" Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little further, and he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They, too, were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them, so they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. A uh, couple of days, I've been watching the uh, the Chosen series, and uh, it's very interesting how they uh, interpret uh, the encounter with Jesus and the apostles. Um, one of the interesting thing is is that you notice, um, like Andrew comes running straight to Peter, which is in John's Gospel, and tells him. We found him, we found him, we we searched for him. The, you know we, the the man that John mentioned, uh, he called him the Lamb of God. it's him. Uh, you know, we heard him speak, we spent time with him. and then you know the encounter with uh, Jesus and Peter, uh, Jesus was preaching on the shore line. I mean, you know they're obviously they don't tell you everything, but you notice like when you put all the gospels together, you see how how it all fits in. It's, it's one person's account from one perspective, but obviously they didn't see the other story. Like, for example, we know Andrew told Peter. Peter didn't really believe. Then you have Luke's account. You know, some people left some things out because the encounter, one part of the encounter made such an unbelievable impression on them that they remember this particular event because this is the event that spoke to them. And then, you know, but then when you talk to other people, you interview them, they'll tell you, well, this is when we really saw him, And then this is when this happened, you see, and you kind of talk with family members when about certain events and this is how they remember things, but you see how in this story, in this particular Mark's approach, he mentions John the Baptist got arrested and then Jesus came to Galilee and he proclaimed the gospel and he's saying the time is fulfilled The time is fulfilled. His arrival has fulfilled all these past events. Now begins the stage of the second of the new covenant, the new covenant that God is going to make with the world, make with Israel. And then he's going around telling people, repent, repent, change your ways, turn back from the path you're heading. And then the encounter with the apostles, Simon, Andrew, they're working. They're casting their net. They're fishing. And then he mentions, it's interesting, Andrew and Peter are casting their net. John and James are mending their nets. It's sort of like they're trying to, the covenant, the old covenant is old, that it has holes in it. Holes in it because time, Time has worn out. Time has worn. The old covenant out. And. They're still. Putting their nets out. To fish. And remember when Pete, when Jesus met them. They, they were having a hard time fishing. Because there wasn't a lot of fish in the water. But then. He's not able to bring a good catch in. And then. The Zebedee boys are mending their nets because their nets has holes in them. It's sort of like the spiritual condition of Israel, the spiritual condition of people's lives. They're not able to bring in a good catch. They're not able to bring... It's sort of like the preaching. It's like what's happening now in the Catholic Church. It's bad preaching. People are not responding to the gospel, so very few people are coming back. And another matter is there's a lot of mending In the tools, uh, in the tools and the practices of the clergy. It's, it's definitely, uh, it definitely, I think you could, you could definitely take a lot from this interpretation, right? Like what I just did, but it's showing you. But then he, you know, you, you, what, what's important is what happens. He calls them and they listen. They listen. They stop everything and they follow him. What's happening here is we have to stop what we're doing. And this is not about just our, merely our spiritual practice, but we have to listen to what Christ is saying. And maybe we would be able to do a better job, to do a better job in, 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 in practicing our faith. We will practice our faith better. We're, you know, we got you know we got a lot of like moral laxity, uh, a lot of bad moral judgments. We're choosing the world, like I said. I don't think there's hope for secular society. There's hope for God fearing Americans. There's hope for God fearing Catholics. There's hope for those who who believe, but not for those, but not for a secular society that has completely rejected the gospel completely rejected the church and there's no hope for a church that rejects the church you got to separate one part of the church that has completely rejected the the, the truth from the church which belongs to Christ there is the institutional church the corporate church the the church of 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 Immoral, immoral practicing people, people who reject the morality, who reject the the substance, the gospel, the Holy Spirit, who embrace secularism from the one true church that belongs to Christ. There's a big difference between the two. There's a big difference. And we have to learn to accept that. Okay, so let's go to the uh, to Nessing Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, constantial with the Father, through him all things were made and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, God bless.